You're listening to the podcast of Village Church in Burbank, California. To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. You know, during the year, there's natural times, uh, whether it's in the calendar or just in the scope of our lives, that uh, we build in times of reflection and meditation. You know, your birthday is one of those times you look back, and then you look forward, you think about where you are, and you say, oh no, not another year. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it, it keeps happening. But it's, it's a normal time of reflection. Sometimes anniversaries are like that, where a husband and wife on their anniversary will think about the years of their marriage about what they've accomplished in terms of where they are now and where they want to be. They make some plans, some thinking. Those are natural times of, of, um, uh, of reflection. Um, certain other days, sometimes, you know, Valentine's Day is one of those, or maybe uh, Memorial Day or Veterans Day or the 4th of July for some people, and certain things have happened in our lives that become a, a moment of reflection. And certainly there's no moment of reflection that uh, takes a bigger piece every year than where we are right tonight. You know, New Year's Eve. As we end this year, and then we move on into the next year, there's a time of reflection. Many people, you know, New Year's resolutions, they decide we're gonna do things differently in this area of my life next year than I did last year. There's a looking back, there's a a sense of satisfaction, sometimes regret, and there's a time of planning and thinking forward. You know, meditation, uh, uh, the sense of reflection, it's built into those kind of days. And it's also not just talking about our relationships or our finances or our health or our weight or those things, but also spiritually. In fact, the Bible encourages this. There are several passages that uh, the Bible gives us uh, as uh, times that should set us into reflection. I mean, think about Ecclesiastes chapter 4. You know, it says, for everything there is a time. There's a time to be born, there's a time to die. There's a time to plant, there's a time to harvest. In everything, God makes everything just right in his time. And so you're thinking about, so what time is it? You know, what is it at time in my life? And, and so you start thinking about those uh, responses, reflection and, and uh, uh, thoughts about them. Certainly there's that passage in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 31, where God says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you health and a future. And so you think about those plans that you, you, you reflect upon what those plans might be. What is it that God's doing in my life right now? And of course, there's that passage in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, where we're told, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You know, time is running out and there's only so many opportunities. We need to maximize the opportunities that God gives us. And so that requires some reflection. That requires some thought. And there's probably, in my mind, no passage that gives us as much encouragement about reflection and meditation as does the one we're looking at tonight. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. 
Did those verses get on the screen? Oh, look at that. There they are. <coughs> so you can follow along as uh, I, um, uh, I read them. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. Wow. Interesting passage. I'd like us to look at what it is that this passage is saying to us, and then I'd like to leave us with a few thoughts uh, about this passage that we can continue to reflect upon and meditate in. Notice at the very beginning, therefore, and as you know, wherever you see a therefore, you want to ask the question, what is it therefore? And in fact, it's a, it's a, a double. It says, therefore, since, therefore, because we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Re remember what chapter 11 of Hebrews, the previous chapter, was all about. It's all about those men and women of faith uh, throughout the Bible who, uh, who made it all the way to the end successfully maintaining faithfulness towards God in spite of horrendous difficulties and persecutions. The example of uh, faith and faithful men and women we've just completed in chapter 11. Therefore, because of that, since you've just heard about all of those people, he says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Now that word witness is not someone who is giving testimony about you. It's talking about these are witnesses that we can observe. In, in other words, you're not the first people to have to live a life of faith. As you enter 2024, you're not going on ground that other people haven't yet already walked on. There have been thousands and millions of men and women who have maintained faithfulness in spite of incredible difficulties. And the ones, the difficulties that we find ourselves in, we can be encouraged by the example of all of those who have gone before. In fact, here in our own church, we can think of many men and women who have gone before us, who have maintained faithfulness. We just had a memorial service for one last week in Tom Nair, and a few months before that, his mother. Um, and, and many, many others were surrounded by men and women who have been on the same journey that we find ourselves on. Therefore, since that is true, he goes on, then let us lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is laid out for us. Now, thinking about this, the author clearly is thinking about a marathon. And in the ancient world, the marathon runners, those who ran that 26.3 miles, they would run in the Olympic Games, they would run naked. They would take off all of their clothes so there would be nothing that might hamper them in, on the race. No clothes, nothing. And so he's saying that this is the kind of journey that we're on. It's like a marathon. 
We're not going to live a life of faith in a day. It's going to be the rest of our lives. It's a journey. Many times scripture uh, likens it to. It's a path. It's a road. Here it's a marathon. It's a race. And so he's saying if there's anything that might prevent you as you are beginning this new year and the, and the race that God has laid out for you, as you're beginning that, are, is there anything that's holding you back? Is there anything that's preventing you from being the person God wants you to be? Is there anything that's going on in your life that is counterproductive to what God wants to have going on in your life? You know, oftentimes in Scripture, there's the awareness of what needs to stop before you can enter into what needs to happen. All through Paul, he says, take off the old man and then put on the new. You can't put on the new until you take off the old. And that's really what he's saying. Before you begin this race, is there anything holding you back? In fact, the word he uses is strip it off. You know, take that by force. Get rid of it because there's no value to it. Strip it off is what he's saying. <clears throat> and then let us run with perseverance. Interesting, it's not a walk. It's not a jog. Uh, it's not a skip. It's not something that you can take a car on. It's a run. Run with perseverance. Now, there's a word that we don't use a lot. I think mostly because we don't like it. You know, to persevere, that implies that there's some pressure that's coming against us, right? We would much rather quit. We'd much rather find another path rather than persevere through, to endure through something, to persevere through something and run with perseverance. So in other words, this is going, this is going to take some energy. You know, being the person God wants us to be is not something that just kind of occurs uh, in, in a fun kind of way. It, it requires perseverance, stick-to-itiveness. There's a, a sense that there's something that we have to engage in to, to run this race. Persevere. Run this race with perseverance. Now listen to what he says. The race that is set before us. Now, if you know something about grammar, you know that this is in the passive voice. This is not active. This is passive. That means that someone is doing the action. Someone is behind the action. Somebody is laying this race out for you. This is not a race that you're deciding what it's going to be. This is somebody has already laid this race out. Any of you World Vision people that have ever walked or run in that race? Yeah, okay. Uh, did you just come up with your own plan on where you were going to go? No, they have, a, it's marked out. You start here on Figueroa, and, and then you go down Figueroa to uh, 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 whatever the next street is, and then, <laughs> then over to Melrose, and then you go out to Wilshire, and, and then you're on Sunset, and then you keep, you know, you keep on, uh, uh, keep on, they already laid it out. The 26.3 miles is already set. All you have to do is run it. Now here's what he's saying. The life of faith that you're living, it's already set. Somebody has already laid this race out. Now in the New Testament, whenever the passive voice is used, almost always behind that is the person of God. 
Jesus was led out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Behind that, in the passive voice, who led him out is God. God led him out. And, and so here, the race that is set before us is the race that God has determined, not the race that you and I uh, determine. Wow. And now, it's, it's one that has to be persevered. And what's going to encourage us as we're in this race? Well, here's what he says. He says, keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Well, you know, when we're doing something that we're persevering, it's so easy to keep our eyes on the difficulty, isn't it? It's to, on, on what's causing my, my stress or what's causing all of this. And here what he says is, listen, in this race that God has laid out for you, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. What's going to get you to the finish line is Jesus. Not anything else, not, not, not your training, not all the other stuff that you've done, but Jesus. That's what's going to get you to the finish line. Why? Because he is the pioneer. That's the word trailblazer. He, he's the one who has notched the trees. And so as you're following him, you, you say, oh, it's this way. And then now it's this way. You know, one of the things I so appreciate about Ryan, in the last two years in, in his ministry, he's had us in the Gospels. We have been looking at Jesus you know, we're not looking at all kinds of other stuff. We're looking at Jesus week after week after week because that's who we're following. It only makes sense. What an encouragement. The pioneer, the one who started, who, who pioneered the race and who finished the race. In other words, he made it to the end. That's our inspiration. Keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And that's what the race is all about. It's a race of faith. Everything is about faith. The issue is faith, keeping faith, living by faith. The men and women of faith in the previous uh, chapter, it's all about faith. You read through Paul's letters, it's all about faith, living by faith, being saved by faith. Everything's by faith. Jesus is the one who showed us what faith is all about. Keep your eyes fixed on him, is what the writer here is, is saying. It leads to everything else. And then he goes on to say, he says, who for the joy that lay ahead. In other words, the joy of completing the race. The joy of the development of my life as I'm running this race doesn't happen in the moment. It happens as a result. In other words, the gratification is delayed. The joy comes after, at the end of the race. After the perseverance comes the joy. Who for the joy that lay ahead endured the cross, not even thinking about the shame that comes with someone hung on the, on the cross, as in the law in the Old Testament said. He didn't, he didn't think that that was a reason not to continue on in the journey, to keep the race going. He didn't stop, but he continued on, it says here, disregarding its shame, and now has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the victory. That's the victory. Being in the presence of God where Scripture tells us there's pleasure forevermore. That's where we're headed. We're headed towards living forever in the presence of God and living with all of those other brothers and sisters 
those witnesses, those people who've been there before us who are also living in the presence of God. That's where the joy is. That's where there's nothing but joy. Now look at the next verse, verse 3. Consider him. Here's the reflection. Here's what you think about. Think about all of that. Think about Jesus as your example. Think about how he lived his life. Think about the difficulties that he encountered. Think about how he responded to people. Think about how he treated people. What, the, think of, consider him. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you might not grow weary. See, this is a passage that's about us. You're, you're, you're doing all of this stuff. You're thinking about this race, etc., so that you don't grow weary. You know how easy it is to get weary? Boy, I'll tell you. The older you get, the easier it is to get weary. <coughs> Privagen. No, that's for memory. What, what, what's, what's the energy stuff? Anyway, you know, I need to get some of that so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. That's the word for courage. Lose courage. Listen, the Christian life is a courageous life. It's not for sissies. It's not for babies. It's courageous because you, you've got to be moving forward. You've got to be saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You don't say, why, Lord? You say, yes, Lord. So that you don't grow weary Oh, I'm so tired of teaching this class. I'm so tired of it. So that you don't grow weary or lose your courage, but you stay focused. Now, he goes on to encourage them more through this passage, but we've looked at this uh, enough to see the, the point. Let, let, let me end with uh, just some thoughts. I have four thoughts. The, the first one is this. Is reflection and meditation on scripture and on the things that God is saying to you as a, as a Christ follower, is reflection and meditation on scripture a part of your discipleship routine? Or do you need New Year's Eve in order to be a moment when you're going to reflect on things? What we've been encouraged for the last over two years with Ryan is that reflection and meditation is a part of our daily routine. It's a part of what, what, what the believer does every single day to reflect upon scripture, to reflect upon what God is saying to us. What are the implications? What does that mean to reflect on that? See, is, is reflection and meditation, meditation on scripture a part of your discipleship routine? See, if it's not then strip off or get rid of whatever it is that's keeping it from becoming part of your routine if you want to be a Christ follower. I mean, that may be something that we have to address here at the beginning of this year. There may, might be some stuff that keeps me from focus and meditation and, and a, a sense of reflection on Scripture. Here's a second thought. It's the idea of the race. You know, I don't mind the idea of the race if I'm the one putting the race together. I mean, I'd start at the top of the hill. 
and we'd have gravity all the way to the bottom. Uh, but, but I've been down on that uh, um, race course in LA, and I'll tell you, everyone thinks LA is flat. LA is not flat. Man, that race course is uphills and downhills, and, and in fact, LA is what, the seven hills? Anyway, that's an, another point. Lots of hills. Um, it, it's a course that was laid out. I, I'm not so sure I like the idea that God has laid out the race for me. I'd like to lay out the race and say, Lord, this is how I'd like to serve you um, at this time in my life. Th this is what I'd like to be doing spiritually at this time in my life. And God says, no, here's the race. Here's the course over here. Not over there, over here. You see, when you're thinking about God has laid out a race for you, and, and this year we're, 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 we're running on that race, it takes me right out of the, the, the picture. It's not about me. It's about me figuring out what the race is and then staying on course. It's all focused on what he has, and that's why I have to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. Because, man, I'll grow weary and lose courage quickly if I'm not focused on something beyond my own desire and will and, and what pleases me. See, God is in charge, and I have to learn to trust that following him will get me to the finish line and the prize. See, I have a wonderful plan for my life, but I have to surrender that to the plan that God has for my life. That's what it means to be a disciple, to follow your teacher, to follow Jesus. And that's what this race is calling us to do. To recognize that God has laid it out and our job is to follow. Now, in your life, and here's the third thought, who or what are you going to use to inspire or motivate you in running this race? So that's a really good question. Be because sometimes we're intimidated rather than inspired. Well, I could never be like that. Well, I, I, could, I could never spend that amount of time you know, being focused on my relationship with the Lord. Well, I, I, I could never spend that amount of time in prayer. I'm sure people think that as they hear Ryan talk. You know, it sounds like he spends all day on his knees. You know, we're going to start calling him camel knees, you know. Um, I, I'm, so, I'm sure that kind of spirituality uh, intimidates us. But, you know, our example what's going to inspire us to move closer to what it is God's calling us to be is Jesus, not Ryan, not me, not anybody else, but Jesus. We're following him. That's why our focus is on him. That's what's going to keep us running the race. We can focus on all the difficulties and be intimidated and not finish the race, or we can focus on Jesus. And so whatever you have to do in running this race... We, we have to figure out what we have to do in order to keep focused on Jesus because that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Here's the last thought. Here we are, 2024, entering another year. I mean, it almost feels like I want to say, can you believe it? But yeah, 2024 is, um, uh, is here. And as we enter this year as disciples, we need to be confident that God is invested 
in our lives every single day. See, when this says there's a, plan, a, a race laid out for you, it means for you. Doesn't mean for y'all. It means for you. Now, that's hard to believe, but that's what Scripture teaches, that God has a plan in mind for each one of us. It's not the same. That's why trying to be like me or trying to be like someone else, or, or it doesn't make any sense. Because you have a plan. You have to discover the plan that God has laid out for you. That's the idea. And, and confident that, that God is so invested in my life that he's put together just the right plan for my life. And to realize that God is always ahead of us, showing us the way. He's always ahead of us. And Jesus is always showing us the way, this way. The trail is blazed, this way. We'll never get lost if we keep following Jesus. Persistence and keeping focused on Jesus always breaks us free from whatever the difficulties might be. The difficulties might be great, but they won't be the last word as we stay focused on Jesus. He breaks us free from all of those difficulties. And therefore, it's worth whatever the cost is. The, the reward is worth whatever the cost is. So keep on running. So keep on running. That's what this passage is saying to us. It's saying, consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Instead, stay running. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, Tonight is another one of those moments that we have where you can speak to us, where we can reflect upon what's going on in our lives, where we can think through where we are in relationship to where you want us to be, to think about any adjustments or readjustments that we need to make to recognize that you have a plan you have a race laid out for us and Lord we want to we want to run it and so whatever we have to do to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus I pray tonight that you'll show us what that is and that we'll keep running thank you for our time together tonight Lord Jesus I pray amen Thank you for listening to today's message. To learn more about Village Church, visit our website at villagechurchburbank.org.